Now on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, this is Sports and Faith. Welcome to this episode of Sports and Faith on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I'm your host, Mark Curran, also Lake County Sheriff. Today my guest is Mike Fitzgibbons, and Mike Fitzgibbons, for those of you that went through Carmel Catholic High School, you know his name. He's been there for 40 years. He started in 1976. He's a former head football coach at Carmel. He coached football most of those years. He also coached wrestling. He uh, formerly was the head of the campus ministry, but he's also run Kairos. We're not going to get into any of the details of Kairos, but needless to say, that is uh, an experience that's left an indelible impression, a lifelong impression on the people that have gone through it. Mike, uh, it's it's great to have you here, but also I want to introduce to my left is a freshman at Iowa State University, and his name is also Mark Curran. And he graduated Carmel Catholic High School last year, and he's a huge fan of Mike Fitzgibbons. And I knew that, so I wanted him to have the opportunity to also uh, participate in this interview. He played uh, nose tackle last year for Carmel, and he's an awesome guy. But, Mike, welcome. Well, it's great to be here. I'm honored and a little bit humbled, but I but I appreciate being here. Mike, could you tell us uh, where you grew up? I grew up on the south side of Chicago. We, you know, for few years I, I went to visitation grammar school on uh, on the boulevard at, at Peoria Street and then that was 55th Street for all those who don't know what the boulevard is and, and on the south side and then at 80th, 83rd and Costner is St. B. the Venerable that's where I finished and then I went to Quigley South High School uh, and graduated in 1973 from Quigley South. So Mike Cubs or White Sox? Actually, my dad taught me that anything with Chicago in front of it is is worth cheering for. So I like them both, and I and I know that's not you, you're not supposed to be able to, but I, of course I like the Sox more. And you know, at Fifty Fifth and Peoria would tell you I lived less than two miles away from uh, the original Comiskey Park my whole life. I, we could run out in the backyard after a White Sox player at home run and watch the uh, fireworks, which was very rare when I was a kid, by the way. Uh, so we could do that. So, you know, you're going to cheer for that. But but we also watch the Cubs and like the Cubs. No, I agree with that logic. But there's a purist to my left, uh, Mark Curran, uh, Carmel class of uh, 2015. He doesn't believe that it's possible to like both ball clubs. So, well, he, he's a non-believer. Uh, and that's not a popular statement in this booth. <laughs> right. He likes the Cubs. So, you know, the South Side, everybody's known by their parishes. And, and you mentioned you had a couple parishes. And South Siders, uh, oftentimes they stay there their whole lives. Both my parents are South Siders. And I lived uh, on the South Side briefly. But you, you made the m- migration up north to Lake County, Illinois. How'd that happen? Well, I'm actually, and you're correct about that. I'm the only one, and and uh, my my brothers and my sister still, they all still live within five miles of where we grew up. And uh, my dad was a union electrician, and my brothers all were too. And three of them have retired, and my my sister uh, married a policeman, and and so there you go. You know, uh, I I got. When I went to Chicago State University, and I was in cl- uh, an English major in classes with a, a Carmelite who lived at Mount Carmel, who was getting his English degree, and we became friends and went to each other's graduation parties in 1976. And I met a bunch of Carmelites who said to me, "What are you going to be doing now?" And I said, "Nothing." And they said, "Well, why don't you come and teach at our teach sophomore boys English up at our school in Mundelein?" <laughs> so, so some of those faculty members of priests, I knew Father Carroll, they, they would. 
kind of rotate back and forth between Mount Carmel and Carmel and Mundelein? There are some who are at Mount Carmel that have moved up to Carmel and Mundelein and some that went from Joliet Catholic back and forth. Sure, yes. When I started at Carmel, there were 18 Carmelites there, and they were from all over. And Cell Point out in Tucson and, and Encino. And at, at the time, Louisville had a, had a Carmelite high school, and we had a couple guys from there. Coach, I, I call you Coach. Other people call you Fitz. Every, people call you different names. You have a lot of titles out there. You know, you, you have made a tremendous sacrifice for Catholic education and for the faith. Forty years, you could have made more money doing something else. You're an awesome guy. People think the world of you. There must have been something back in those early grade school or high school days that that was planted that caused you to want to stay this close to the faith all these years. Well, I watched my parents, and uh, my dad's whole thing was to give us Catholic education through high school, all six of us, and he worked two jobs to do that, and and my mother always taught me that every person was worth my time. And, and I thought, well, you know, if I'm not going to be a priest, and I thought about that for a long time, if I'm not going to be a priest, at least the least I could do is buy into that, what they, the value they had ingrained in them, which was Catholic education, and I had it ingrained in me. And I just thought, you know, you know adding the Lord to the mix, adding the Lord to all of it, adding the Lord to learning, whether it's English or science. And, you know, in every class I was ever in at Quigley, in every class I was in at St. Bede's, I just remember praying before class. And then I went to Chicago State, and we didn't pray. And I was like, well, I almost didn't know what to do. I can remember my first few college classes not praying, going, aren't we supposed to be praying? And then I realized, no, this would be a public school. And I right away is teaching, you know, we start praying. We're praying before every class, and I've done that for 40 years, and that's what we do. So I... Well, Carmel's been beautiful in that regard. I mean, not all Catholic schools are like that anymore. I know I took Mark down to see uh, me speak at, myself speak at DePaul University a couple times. And uh, I said, boy, there's no crosses in the building. And they said, that's right. <laughs> you know, so, but it is important, isn't it? I mean, we have I, such a treasure there. I can't get my mind around places that are, you know, that, that I'm not going to mention any places, but why can't there be a cross in every room? I, I don't understand that. We have a cross in every room. It's not that difficult. Uh, we're a Catholic school, and, and I'm not complaining. I'm just glad I'm where I am. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm glad I'm where right. I am where they do have that. You can leave that to me. <laughs> okay. So uh, let me ask you this. You, you've been in this ball game for a long time in terms of Catholic education. How has it changed over the 40 years? How have the students changed? What have you? Well, you know, I get asked a lot about kids. As I have a, you know, I have a counseling business, too, and, and I, so I deal with kids from various backgrounds. It's not only kids at uh, Carmel that I deal with and families. And, you know, you know, frankly, the world's changed. The speed is different. But, you know, kids are the same. You know, that's that's fact. Uh, so, so what's changed in terms of me teaching freshman religion for 39 years, I'll tell you right now, what's changed is what they've been prepared with and 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 there's a lot of people doing heroic work out there in junior highs and catholic schools what kids know when they get to us you know it's it's sporadic at best they just don't know the things they used to know they try a lot of these parishes try and they do a great jobs and they do but not all of our kids come from schools uh catholic grammar schools and and some of the programs they have uh for coming from the public schools just don't fill them in so when they come in Whoa, what they know is a lot, a lot different. 
So, Coach, in doing background on uh, my interview of you today, I, I did some research and found some awesome. So the Tribune was very good to you, the Chicago Tribune. Some great old archive stories about you know, some heydays in Carmel football. And in reading into those stories, I saw that there was a long period where Carmel didn't win, and then Fitz became the head football coach there, and, and they started to enjoy uh, a lot of success. Now, you're not shy about saying that you ran track in high school but never played any, any other sports didn't play football yet you wound up coaching both football and uh wrestling could you tell us how that happened and uh well that's it's a s- simple answer i you know they offered me the job to teach english but they said you got to do two things besides that coach wrestling and football and i laughed and i said i never did either one of them and father lewis said well you can learn and so and so i i just took the job and learned and i learned from great people and uh you know, I, I'm a little humbled by all of what you just said. Uh, you know, there were a lot of great young coaches at Carmel in the mid-'80s. And, uh, frankly, a guy we unfortunately just buried last weekend, uh, Frank Belmont, uh, started things with basketball, and and, and God bless his soul, he, he died too young. But uh, he started things with basketball, and that spread, and, and I learned a lot from him. And we all did, and, and, you know, when I started coach, being head football coach, you know, there were a lot of us young coaches that were hungry and, and goal-oriented and, and faith-filled, and we got it done. So, it was you know, we had a lot of great players. It was just a lot of fun. So where did you begin in, in terms of the educational process? You were around as an assistant, so you started to pick up the game pretty quickly, I assume. I thought, okay, you're on a field or you're in a wrestling mat or you're on a track. You know, I coached, I didn't know any of them. I coached shot and disc. I didn't know it. But you know what? Football is a football field, practice field. It's just in their classroom, and if you approach it like that, it's just a classroom. You just got to know what you're teaching, and so you're just a teacher in another classroom. And that, once I realized that, and that was in my first year actually, once I realized that, I said to myself, I don't want to be an unprepared teacher. So I tried to learn as much as I could to be a, a good teacher, and so it worked so, out. So football teams, they oftentimes have goals as they go into a, a season in advance, and, and the team can have goals, and perhaps the coach has the same goals or maybe some additional goals. How about yourself? Well, sure. Everybody has a theory. Really, I was always about being 1-0, and and you got to be 1-0, and you know, and so you look at the first game, and I, I know a lot of coaches don't see it like that. They start practicing they know the fourth game is the biggest game of the year, and they start practicing against that team's defense and offense. But to me, being one and all was the most important thing. And maybe, maybe because the way I learned, that's what I learned from great people. You know, you can only do what you can do, and the first step is the is the step you have to take first. So, it, you know, similarly in in golf or other sport, baseball, one pitch at a time, golf, one shot at a time. Forget about what happened last week, and don't get too far ahead, right? Well, yeah, I, that's too complicated for me anyway. <laughs> I could only think to I could only think yeah. one game at a time. So it right. was uh, thinking about whole seasons and I mean you always then you wanted to be, have a winning season because yeah. there hadn't been one in a long right. time when I first started and then you know and then it was make the playoffs. You wanted to do that and then you wanted to go, you know, you wanted to go somewhere in the playoffs. So you did things you were thinking those things, you were dreaming those things, but really the work and the focus was always on one and oh. Yeah, you know. So you are a deeply spiritual individual. Could you tell us, you know, what your goal was in terms of molding wrestlers and football players from the spiritual perspective? Well, I could tell you this: that uh, my goal when I started as head football coach, and I remember talking about this the very first when I first signed a contract to be head football coach, was uh, 
when I stopped being head football coach, I wanted us to be winners, and I wanted God to be part of the, the mix out there too. And so we did chapels before games, and you know we prayed on the field after games, and and really one of the proudest moments I ever had as a head football coach was the end of my last home game. It was a playoff game. We we won a, a big game on an upset, and we were on the goal line praying. Our guys always lined up on, along the goal line because nobody had ever run on the field before, and the teachers had asked me at the end of the fourth quarter, could the kids run on the field? They want to run on the field. And I said, sure, just don't let them get involved with the handshake. Let the handshake be classy. And, and they ran, and everybody ran on the field, and the players ran through them. They didn't know what to do, and the kids didn't know what to do because the players knelt down to pray. So the kids did what kids do. They knelt down to pray with them and locked in with them. And I looked down there, and I saw that on the goal line. I said, that's what I wanted to get done. So That's a beautiful thing. When did that tradition begin? What year was that it? Running on the field, that was the fall of 97. That's awesome. And that was uh, a, a great year for your team. Coach, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of those Carmel uh, Catholic football traditions and traditions through the school in both your coaching and your ministry. So we have to take a short break right now on WSFI 88.5 Catholic Radio. You are listening to Sports and Faith. I'm Mark Kern, and I'll be right back to continue our conversation with Mike Fitzgibbons, our coach. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. And it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Catholic Financial Life Day at Six Flags Great America, Sunday, June 12th. $55 per person includes admission to the park, mass at noon, a private all-you-can-eat lunch buffet from 1.30 to 3 p.m. And get this, you can exchange your ticket that day for a season pass to Six Flags, which will be good for the entire regular season for free. Tickets must be purchased by May 25th. Call Gene at 847-746-2720. That's 847-746-2720. Hello, I'm Joe Scheidler, host of Pro-Life Today on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. It's a half-hour conversation with leaders in the pro-life movement committed to protecting the most vulnerable among us. That's every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Or listen anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. That's Pro-Life Today, every Monday at 3.30 p.m. only on WSFI Catholic Radio. Looking at term life insurance? Consider life insurance from Catholic Financial Life and see how we put Catholic values in action. To learn more, call Matt Tomlinson at 847-548-MATT. 847-548-6288. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program and want to share it with others? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. 
Welcome back to this episode of Sports and Faith on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I'm Mark Curran, your host, and today my guest is Mike Fitzgibbons. Coach, we're back, and we were talking a little bit about the tradition of, of praying. And anybody that's been to a Carmel football game, it really is a special experience. And that prayer at the end of the game where everybody kind of gets in a circle, it's really a magical thing. Can you talk about that for a sec? It started, like I said before the break, uh, in 97 there, and that was my last home game, and Andy Biddle has continued it with, and, such, and done such a great job with it, and our fans, our students expect it. You know, they run on the field, you know, like even at home games and, or away games, and I, you know, I remember when we, there was a game where we beat Libertyville, and, and we were beating them at the end of the game, and McDonald Libertyville, and our fans were in the end zone, and they ran over, the policeman ran over and told me, if any of those kids step on the field, we're arresting them. <laughs> I said, okay. So I ran along the, the the baseline of the end zone and said, you can't go on the field, you're going to get arrested. Don't go on the field. And the kids are like, well, we're supposed to connect with the players. I said, don't go on the field. You can pray from here. And they all laughed. And the game ended. And the, player, and the players all ran down to the end zone. And, they, and there was like an invisible wall between the end zone line and where the fans were. And they all held hands without touching each other. Like they all went like this and, and prayed anyway. And it was awesome. It was really awesome, and that's yeah. just that's Carmel Carmel one hundred and one. You know, that's like perfect Carmel right there. Exactly. I remember a game. An opposing player had gotten hurt, and a buddy of mine, whose kids had gone to St. Joe's in Libertyville, but then went to Libertyville High School. The Carmel student section broke out in a hail mary for the opposing player that was injured. And I said, do you see that at Libertyville? And he shook his head and he said, no, that is beautiful. Well, it, it, last year, the, the boy at, a boy at a school got hurt bad. And, and uh, our, our fans were all sitting, everyone was sitting on the same side at the stadium. And our students, it's a away game, our students moved over and invited the parents and everybody from that school to stand and hold their hands. And our students led them in prayer because we got calls on it. This mom called me and said, Okay, what's going on up there? They're, they're, they, they taught us to pray while we were watching our, our guy get, who was hurt, not your guy. So it was wonderful. It's, That's awesome, Coach. Uh, so formerly number 95 uh, on the defense wants to ask you. 95 in your programs, number one in your hearts. Uh, so, this is young Mark Kern, folks. <laughs> so a lot of us football players get inspired by your pregame chapel speeches, and I think it's one of the big things that – kind of inspired us and like I just kind of want to know what inspired you to make those speeches because there are times when all of us all 60 guys on the team were bursting out in tears and like hugging each other it really like combined us and created a camaraderie among the team well first of all first of all the camaraderie was already there when you're dealing with something like that in that special room that is our chapel and what's great is when in away games and I we would remind you that that the chapel is anywhere mm -hmm. and so I th I'm quite sure everybody because guys have told me they visualize the chapel they close their eyes and visualize being in a chapel so you got that room in your hearts and the camaraderie really is already there you've been through a lot together really then uh, there's a team it's a team approach Mrs. French picks the reading read the reading and, and I ask the Holy Spirit for inspiration to, to tie it to the events of the day and the night and we do the reading and it turns into a service and then I speak on it and there there we go the Holy Spirit's in action um, from my two years on varsity uh, you coached defensive line and that was great you know I I started off pretty bad but then I got better as it moved on I was just wondering what your favorite position to coach is freshest thing in my memory is defensive line so of course I love that mm -hmm. and 
And frankly, it's really the easiest position to coach. So, you know, I didn't have to work as hard. So, you know, not that I would take the easy way out, but for, for an old dude, it was the easiest position to coach. You know, you're, when you're grading film at 100 miles an hour, you can grade it faster if mm-hmm. you're doing something easy. So, you know, uh, and plus I always had great guys. Let's face it. I, every time I coached defensive line, I had great guys to coach. So every single time I coached defensive line in all my years of coaching, they were great guys. So, How was going to the state semifinals with your son? Can you, like, describe that experience? Because that's an experience that a lot of, a lot of people don't, don't have the opportunity to experience. Well, what was really interesting is the entire season, I would never watch him during the games because I have my own dudes to watch. And and so I would have to wait to the film to watch him play. And his perspective, he and I would watch the film together. Those are moments you can't you can't have those back. I, those are were gold moments. That's like in my life, I'm going to always look back that I coached I, I coached my, my son. I didn't really coach him really per se, but I coached my son. And we got to discuss the game before the, everybody watched the film. And he filmed, you know, he would grade himself and we watched the film together, you know. And that's the other great thing about today. You have the film at your fingertips yeah. and, and uh, watching him. And I remember the Marist game where we it's played on the south side his senior year. And we had a come from behind victory in the fourth quarter. And he played outstanding and an interception right in front of all his uncles and cousins. It was like he went out of bounds yeah. right right in front of them. It was like that was a Holy Spirit moment, too. Mm-hmm. So having him, doing that with him, I, it's priceless. Can I just add to that, Coach, with my son, Mark, it, it, it's actually you would rather they have the success than you. Isn't it unbelievable? Yes. I you know, I could I – could, we, when we beat Joliet Catholic when he was a senior and we beat them, we knew it was – probably going to be the conference championship game and yet it was the first game Mm -hmm. and we beat him at our place it was packed it i mean it was pet was a zoo there were seven thousand people there and we beat him and they had three division one running backs and and he played great and they had a big fourth down stop and you know it was like you go home with tears in your eyes that was the game and so you know you you have moments like that you never forget. It was great stuff. Um, so other than the time you spent with your son, what would you say is your favorite moment from coaching? My favorite moment, I, well, there's a couple. One is obviously the the last second of the state championship mm-hmm. game, only because, you know, having been through all those years with all those great coaches and friends and all those great kids, you know, and, and they, it all symbolized their hard work. It all went, went all the way back to the people I first met when I walked in the door. Some of them have passed away. Some of them had passed away by then. And yet in those last 10 seconds, I can remember the countdown. And I'm like looking, I'm thinking of all the people that I've been there. So that moment, and then my last moment, like I talked about. <laughs> because at that last moment where, where the, in my last home game, you know, where that mesh took place, and they all started praying. A guy, there was a lot of reporters around me because it was a big upset. Yeah. And then some of them had never been at a Carmel game. And a sometimes guy said, what are they doing? And I said, that would be praying. They're praying. And everybody started giggling, and and the tri- and the Tribune guy said, uh, um, "That's not going on in a lot of places on Friday nights, Coach. A bunch of teenagers praying together." And a guy, I didn't get to talk. A guy from the Daily Herald said, "That goes on at this place all the time." <laughs> it was like a commercial. They could have shot. It was like a video for a caramel. That was such a great moment. So what I did, I did. I handled that like I handle most things. I burst into tears, yeah. and then everybody started like, "Why is yeah. he crying?" Because no one knew I was retiring, and. I was crying. I had to turn around and gather myself because it was such a great moment. Coach, you know, as a father, the impact, you know, watching my son move into the starting lineup and and, um, just develop. You know, I remember 
he went on to the Kairos retreat with you, and I don't want to share anything that we shouldn't share for future uh, Kairos uh, retreatants. Is that a word? <laughs> that's that that is the word. Yeah, I don't. You know, so, you know, that's a, it's a uh, it's the best thing I do. And frankly, I, yes, there are secrets along the way that we don't want to share. But ultimately, everybody knows there's going to be sharing, and there's it's a series of talks and discussions and reflections and prayer, and that's basically what it is. And and they go and 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 you know our kids are great kids and our and our adults are great adults. So you put 40 people in a building together for four days that are like-minded and like goals and like values, and you add prayer. You're going to get great things to happen, and that's why I think it's a life-changing or life-affirming more uh, experience. And Kairos is something that, you know, I have a little guy. He'll be there in uh, five or six years on that, and he can expect to have Coach Fitz uh, help him through it, huh? <laughs> God <Yeah>. willing. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know about that. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the ups and downs in football and wrestling and sports in general, winning and losing, and lessons that we take away that, that uh, parallel to our faith. Talk about winning. Well, well, winning and either one, you know, it's like you're, you're walking through something with somebody. It's a, it's a community it's a community experience, and you're doing it, and, you know, and not every community experience is going to be victorious. And so, you know, when you have a victory, uh, that's community, you celebrate, and you, and, you thank, and you thank the Lord that you had this opportunity to do that together because there's a lot of learning done when you win. It reinforces habits that are good habits, and it, re- and it reminds you that if I work hard, sometimes good things can happen. But life's not fair. And so, and, and that's a fact, and it's not. And so, you know, you're going to lose, even when you work the hard, even if you work harder than your opponent sometimes, even when you're better than your opponent, you're going to lose. So the, 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 the goal then would be to learn to lose with grace and dignity, and, 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 what, and, and what a time to use grace, and what a time to recall that you have been given grace. And grace is always present if you ask for it. And, you know, what a time to ask for it. When you're so disappointed, you've worked so hard for something, and it doesn't happen. And you know what? That happens a lot in life, and so it doesn't happen. You, you lose, you lose with grace. Amen. So, you know, Carmel, I think that's one of the beautiful things is that the paramount uh, emphasis is not necessarily on winning, but uh, it's on the development of, of the individuals. I, I, absolutely. And, and you know, when, when we look at... Uh, you know, life lessons and what have you, as you said, life is not fair. Um, you see that culture in sports, and it's getting more so, I think, than any time in my lifetime, where there is this emphasis on winning at all costs. And it shows to me an individual's emptiness, that somehow they feel that's going to fill a void that only Christ can fill. But but you, uh, that's why your value around the Carmel football team, and I know that Andy Biddle has that same faith, is so critical from my perspective in the development of these kids. Well, yeah, I don't, this, the, the whole winning at all costs, and you, you see what some of the teams do to, to win, and I, I can't even get my mind around what some of them do to win. So you know, I, I don't want I don't want any part of that. I never have. I just know we work. You, when I was coaching, we work hard, we get better, and we see what happens. Right. And uh, so we're, we're wrapping up now, uh, Coach. We've got just a, less than a minute left. I, I would like you to just you know leave uh, our listeners with some uh, some of your thoughts as to Carmel Catholic and, and 
why it's it's such a value to uh, Lake County. It's really the only Catholic high school in Lake County other than uh, Crystal Ray, which is, is a, a school where the kids don't have the money, uh, and so the businesses pay for it. But it, it is it. And, you know, you're from the city. I'm from the city. There's a lot more Catholic schools out there. Every Catholic parent should, should in my opinion, uh, discern whether or not they can afford it because it's truly worth it. It's, uh, you know, I've been around the world, literally, and saw schools everywhere. And, and uh, it's as good a place as there is in the world. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And, it, you know, kids care about each other. Adults care about the kids. Kids care about adults. Adults care about adults. It's a community it defines community, and and the word Catholic, which means you know universal, it it's a Catholic community, and exactly what those words mean, it's exactly what it is. It, it truly is, and, and that's the you know you see that the love, and uh, just the the fact that that there's not a, a clique culture, or what have you. The Carmel is just a culture where everybody is embraced for who they are and is a child of God. So, Fitz, you've given it forty years. You're awesome. The Carmel uh, family out there in, in Greater Lake County and beyond loves you very much and thanks you very much. So God bless you. Thank you very much. God bless you all. That's all the time we have today for Sports and Faith on WSFI 88.5 Catholic Radio. Until next time, from all of us here at WSFI Catholic Radio, I'm Mark Curran along with uh, my son Mark Curran, Mark Curran third. And our guest today, Mike Fitzgibbons. So thank you for listening, and God bless you. Just a reminder, folks, this Saturday, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, come see Fitz, honor this great man, and all the other alumni, all the other inductees at the Sports Faith Banquet in Lake Forest at the Deer Path Restaurant. Thank you. For more information about sports and faith, visit WSFIRadio.org.